What's going on? Adam Conk, sitting right next to me, right here. Paul George is right next to me. <laughs> right now. I decided that every intro is just going to be different. It's a good decision. <laughs> well, this is episode 112, so you got to shake things up. Is it 112? 112. 112 episodes. Yes. You wow. have said a lot of things. I have set a lot of records here, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think this is the longest standing show. It's true. You are the longest we. surviving. Well, the thing is, you did a show. You, you've been on air. You're like the Cal Ripken of Catholic Radio here in Lafayette. <laughs> well, locally, yeah, but not, yeah. not really. Yeah not, yeah, not that not that I really... You're on your way, though. I haven't really aspired to do... <laughs> To be the Cal Ripken <laughs> radio. Maybe it's because I have nothing else to do. Maybe. I mean, but who knows? But who knows? I think the Lord has touched many lives through you, sir. <laughs> anyway, great to be with you. It is. It is. It's mid-September. Fall is just around the corner. Is there anything good about September that you like? I mean, like... I like fall starting. That's the main but event. But it doesn't start in September. I think September 22nd officially, but then... We get we get our first End cool snap. We get our first cool snap. Yeah, in September, and right. that is a glorious week. Love, oh my word! I love how you tied in last week's show with the cool snap reference. Cool snap. Yeah, but oh my word, what a glorious week! Favorite month of the year. Favorite month of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I don't know, man. I, I love me some spring and fall, so I would say October is pretty good. Mm-hmm. April's pretty slamming. Yeah. Weather weather is like my main concern when you ask that question. I love the yeah no. It, I love liturgical uh, I events for sure, but as far as like no, I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Seasons October and April for sure. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's good. You? I would say October November. Mm-hmm. 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 April May. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like four months. Yeah, but okay. So I would go. I would go fall, then spring. You're a big fall fan. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, congratulations. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, We're it's right, right here, on the right cusp. now. I mean, you know, my life is... My <laughs> Things life are looking up. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, dude, I, I came across this article. I don't know if I should share it, but I am. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? I'm for real. And have you seen this? So a dad um, was kind of... Upset with his daughter wearing these like short, skimpy shorts. Okay. okay. All right. Now, upset's the point where he found a little humor in it. So, what he decided to do to prove a point to her was to put on a pair himself. Oh. Of <laughs> short, skimpy, skimpy shorts. Like so, in his house? or Yeah, like... yeah, at his house. Okay. okay. So, then, you know, of course, he's got teenagers and they took a picture and then it, it went viral. But it oh. says, Dad puts on skimpy shorts to prove a point to his daughter. Recently, one father uh, found that, that he decided to teach his daughter a lesson about wearing revealing clothes. So he puts on, and it's it's really hysterical. Now, she's wearing, like, you know, these jean shorts that are just, sh- they're short, you know. But, you know, and he thinks as a dad they're too short, which yeah. I probably would too. But, so, it's, you know, he's trying to get through to her so he puts on a pair and then she's like i can't believe that's you know disgusting and he's like yeah (laughs) exactly this is is exactly what what i'm trying to say so would you do something like that that's a good question i think if i thought it was the right thing to do yeah i would i would do it in my house not walking around no look how silly this is right 
don't look away. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> right. If it makes a point that's a very important point, then yeah, I'll do something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. I would want to. I don't know if I would. It's kind of like people have like, you know, wondered what, you know, I would look like in skinny jeans. It's just, <laughs> they just don't go together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But here's what, here's what I love about the article. I'm really, I'm pulling a point out of this. It is funny. I found it hysterical. I shared it with a friend of mine um, and we were laughing about it. But I'm going to pull a point from this. I, whether you agree with this dad or not, whether you would do this or not, whether you think that this sort of, you know, parenting strategy is good or not, that's not the point. Here's the point <laughs> that I'm going to pull out of this is that he, he's at least being intentional about trying to parent and prove a point, mm -hmm. right? Like what he's not saying is like, I don't care or you do you or, you know, or I'm going to go to some extreme and, you know, I'm going to punish you for the next year. Like, like at least he's trying to be intentional about proving his point and that he has a point and he's trying to get through to his teenager. Yeah. And that it's, lighthearted keeping it lighthearted because it could be a very offensive thing to say like you are dressing inappropriately right you know there are a lot of judgmental things you could be saying so to keep it serious yet lighthearted i think is a good thing to do right i'm proving a point and there is a point but i'm being intentional uh with it you know and, and this is what this is what i'm getting at i think you know i'm talking to a lot of people and in the last show, if you didn't get to listen to it, go, go back and listen to it on the podcast. We talked about stress, right? Mm -hmm. It was a great show, great conversation. Uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> I have to go back and listen to it myself. Uh, but I, I th I'm talking to a lot of people. And this time of, you know, year, you know, there's just this deep breath and exhale. Like, man, we're busy. You know, our family, we're doing all sorts of things. And then, you know, now the you know, fall's coming and then school's in and then not the holidays are going to be here. And before, you know, it, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's just like this constant, like, you know, like breathing out and, and this, this, you know, rhythm sometimes out of balance, right? Sometimes way too much, you know, I get all that. Like you and I are in those seasons and we've got a lot going on and whatever the case may be. Uh, but all that being said, our life will be chaotic and out of rhythm unless we're intentional about it being otherwise. Mm -hmm. Okay. And our family, more importantly, will be out of rhythm and chaotic unless we're intentional otherwise. Mm -hmm. Our parenting will be chaotic and erratic and out of balance unless we're intentional. Is this a parenting show? No. He's like, I need to get my notes out. Hold on. <laughs> no. I need a pen and that, a paper. Here's, here's, here's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> when we're looking at our life, when we're looking at our family, mm -hmm. and we're saying, is our family where it needs to be or how it needs to be? When we're looking at our schedule. We're looking at the way we're, we're parenting or, you know, our seasonal life. You know, you have the younger kids. I got older. I got both. You know, all, all this stuff is how much are we stepping back and saying, I'm being very intentional with what God's given me? Or am I allowing the season of life or what, what I have to, to just basically pour, pour on me and I just, I'm just going with it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, I think in our Christian tradition, this is right on the nose of what 
prudence is all about. This this is one of the cardinal virtues. In other words, the church says, look, there's so many good qualities you could have in your life that'll make things good for you and the Lord and like all that. Right. But there are four main ones. So that it's a pretty important list. Yes. Right. Prudence is one of them. And I remember um, you know, like Aristotle and then Aquinas after him, like prudence there's this image of the charioteer being prudence. In other words, the one that's directing the chariot. And if you're not directing, being intentional, ordering according to how it needs to be, right. then the two horses will just go in opposite directions and destroy you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like the the um, life will become too much unless you're being prudent, unless you're being intentional and ordering things the way they need to be ordered, things will get out of hand. Yes. And this is so important that it's one of the four qualities that the church says are most important in our spiritual life is that you have to order things as they need to be ordered, being intentional about it. Yeah, life will will unravel anything you have, mm-hmm. okay? And if we're not intentional, the situation will, the situation we're in will dictate where we go if we're not intentional about dictating where the situation goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I see oftentimes... Uh, parents aren't raising teenagers. Teenagers are raising the parents. Yeah, I saw this great quote the other day. I'm not huge for like internet quotes being passed around, but when I saw this, but it was either you raise your kids so you could spoil your grandkids or you'll spoil your kids and have to raise your grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of <laughs> kind of that way, right? Yeah. Uh, we either see that our family schedule is dictating our life or we're helping to dictate our family schedule. Mm-hmm. Our calendar's dictating our life, or we're help, we're dictating our calendar. You know, like our our fine, unless we're inten- intentional about it. And when you look at your life right now, and you look at okay, what things are a little bit out of order? What things do I not have? You know, you know, my hands around. I don't want to use the word control. Like you, you can over control things. Mm-hmm. Um, what things am I not comfortable with the direction they're going? Yeah. You know, is our family in the right direction, or we spend enough time together and. Am I, am I parenting in the right, am I marriage in the right direction? I want, I want to start the show uh, before we get into some of the practicals around intentionality. In this, the challenge for all of us is to, to make a list of priorities in your life and the things and the seasons that you're in and saying, am I being intentional about the direction that this is going? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when things are out of order or feel chaotic or unraveling is we've We've let the situation dictate us, and it's never too late, right? Um, so I, I remember when we had our first kid, I, um, I, I had her in the stroller. You know, she was little, maybe one. And uh, this guy walked up to me and says, uh, he says, uh, I can see you're raising a teenager. And I said, uh, no, this is my, my only kid, you know? Like, I didn't know what the heck he was talking <laughs> about. And um, he uh, he looked at me and says, well... Um, you know, raising a teenager starts now, and he walked away. And I, I mean, I thought, and then I started thinking about what he said, and I was like, it really hit me. Like it, it, it kind of finally like sunk in. Is like, oh, like I don't, I don't raise an older kid when they're older. I raise an older kid when they're younger, mm-hmm. so that when they get older, they're, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Like so, the intentionality is not about just the moment. The intentionality is about where do you want the moment to go, right? So so the one-year-old becomes a 18-year-old yeah. eventually, right? And so you, you're intentional about the end goal, 
with the present moment, right? Mm-hmm. As much as you're intentional about where you want your marriage to go, where you want your work to go, where you want um, your time with your family to go, if you're just being swallowed up by the moment, what you'll think about is, I have a one-year-old and I'm just changing diapers and this is really boring or it sucks and I'm not sleeping. Or you can think out, this moment right here is little moments that are leading me to get this person to be an adult, mm-hmm. right? To teach them along the way. And we're going to fail at that. Like, I, you know, I'm not saying that we're perfect at that because we're not. But every moment is a deposit into that. And this is what intentionality is about. And I feel like for us as adults, if you're listening to this, is that we constantly have to be intentional about being intentional. Like pulling the reins back and saying, okay, how can I jump back in to be more intentional in this situation so that it goes in the direction that it needs to go? And that's what we're going to talk about uh, when we come back. It's Paul and Adam. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam in studio. And I want to be intentional about getting to October fall. We're so close. The fall weather. All you have to do is wait around a couple of weeks and then boom, there's now, And if you don't live in Louisiana, look, we don't have a change of leaves. We go from green no. to brown. So, so look, for all you guys who live in the Four Seasons areas, we do envy <laughs> you. Like, I love the change of leaves. I think it's beautiful. We don't get that. Mm-hmm. It's like a day. We get mm-hmm. an orange leaf. Next day, it's brown. You know, we we could have, you know, there's been many Thanksgiving and Christmases where I've been in shorts. Oh, yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, so like. That's not, yeah. Fall for us is like, oh, it gets cool for a week and then it's warm. And then all of a sudden it's February and it's kind of cold and rainy. And then it's April, it's spring, it's nice. But it's a big event where you can actually go out on your porch. Right. Like it's not so hot anymore that you can sit out on your porch for like an hour or two. And That's what, a big day. And you can wear a sweater vest. It's a big day. Do you wear a sweater vest? No. <laughs> you? <laughs> no. Okay. You, do you no ever offense, see No me? offense to any sweater vest. No, no, none, none taken to those who do. I mean, <laughs> I just don't. Rock your sweater vest. Yeah. But anyway. Do you wear sweaters? Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. Buttons? No. Pullovers? No. How else do you put on a sweater? Um, You don't have buttons. Oh, a pullover. I guess, yes. I I had to think about what pullover means. (laughs) (laughs) Like you pull it over you? (laughs) Yes. Yes, Adam. Yes, that one. Yes. Yes. That one. Yeah, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Hoodie? Mm, No. No. I can rock a hoodie. I bet you can. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm intentional about rocking the hoodie. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're talking about intentionality, really. And here's here's where it ties into the spiritual life is this, is that um, I think this is one virtue um, we don't think about often that is actual spiritual virtue is, mm-hmm. is this prudence. Yes. Intentionality. And it's so important. Like I, I have 
the ability through grace and being a co-laborer with Christ to help direct the direction I want my life to go. Yes. Okay. It's part of your dignity. I don't just sit around and let others dictate it or, you know, God just drags me by my feet along. Like I'm a, I'm a co-worker with God's grace to move forward in the direction he wants me to go. Now, we have a lot of different avenues in our life that we're dealing with. We got work and we got family, we got our marriage, we got kids, we got parenting, all this. And we're talking about like in in what area in your life uh, do things seem like they're out of order, unraveling, not going in the direction you want. And here's the thing is we can we can jump back in and be intentional. Now, sometimes situations get f- further down the road than we should and it takes a while to catch up. So maybe Maybe you do have older kids and you've missed a lot of time on the parenting, but it doesn't mean that you can't come back in at some point and begin to slowly build relationship back and be intentional again instead of just saying, well, I just gave up, I messed up, I screwed up, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're in a situation right now where you could just re-engage and be more intentional. But when it comes to, um, you know, I want to talk about a few things and we can get into the conversation here is... Uh, intentionality, I mentioned with the situation with when I had a one-year-old, intentionality of parenting. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me get my notes out. So it's not a full need a pen. parenting show because I am not an expert <laughs> on, imparent, on parenting. But I, I want to mention two things that we need are super important to be intentional about with parenting uh, are a few things that, that we don't often think about, Okay that get away from us and that we think other things are maybe more important or we get lost in, in it all. Okay. Um, is, is this is, um, kind of the the three things is one, the main way that, that children spell love is time. Okay. And we have the only way that we can have time is to be intentional about it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the thing that's most valuable, right? Mm -hmm. It's the most valuable. And unless we spend time with our family, our spouse, our kids, Time gets allocated somewhere else, right? It'll get allocated to work or to activities or to nothingness. And then before we know it, what we have allocated for time for the people who are most important to us is very little, right? And then we try to squeeze in that time. And then most of that time is like bedtime, uh, supper time, uh, fighting time, discipline (laughs) time. And Mm -hmm. then we don't have good time. Right? Mm-hmm. Because we're just in the muck of everything. And so the thing that's most valuable that we need to be most intentional about is time. Yeah. And the type of time, like you said. And I mean, for young kids, I guess older kids to an extent, but especially for young kids, play is like the most valuable time currency. Yeah. 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 For, for kids, because it, it builds relationship, it builds trust. You're not, you know, because. Anytime, whatever age of kids, you, you feel like you can always be arguing, fussing, discipline, mm-hmm. because there's always something. There's always something you could point out, yeah. So you're right. Like, how much time are you spending in that time of just playing? This is what I like about the dad in the shorts. It's probably, <laughs> I can guess, like, behind the scenes, just being a, a dad as well, behind the scenes, they probably had some arguments about this. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, they probably had some pretty intense conversations about modesty and dress, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he probably got to the point, and I'm making assumptions, but I'm just assuming based on my own experience, got to the point where he's like, the only way maybe I'll get my point across is to play a little bit, mm-hmm. to have some fun, right? Mm-hmm. To re-engage mm-hmm. with a little bit of, you know, 
you know, joy and play here. And so that's, that's what we need to get back to. Well, and I think to play well, and what's tough as a parent is to remember this, but to play well, we have to follow God's example of coming down to their level. So our Lord, in order to connect with us, becomes one of us. So he comes down to our level. And having a young kid again, Paul, I'm sure you're reminded of how this works, but like if you literally get on the floor when a young kid's around, if you never try this as a grown person, it give hurts. it a shot. It hurts. <laughs> He's like, I can't get back up. Can't get back no, up. but when you get low, it's like a magnet for young kids. Absolutely. When an adult comes down to their level, there's something so attractive and appreciative, appreciative about the humility of a, of a grown person coming down to their level. And so I've learned a little bit. Sometimes if I don't have anything, like, I don't have anything in me to offer. Like, I'm too exhausted to do this or that, whatever. I literally just lay on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they compile up on yeah, me. Yeah, no, and that's... And they just do their thing. That, that, that's the joy of that, you know. And, they, you know, they say, like, if you're ever in a group, right, um, and you're say you're leading a group, say a small group, you know, or... And they say always sit on the same level. Mm. Like if you're all on the ground, sit on the ground or sit all in chairs or sit all in bar stools or all stand, right? You're all on the same level. It's a sense of like, hey, we're all in this together with community. If you ever go in a group and there's one person, the leader sitting in the chair and everybody's sitting on the floor, what that speaks to everyone is I'm above you, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, if you ever walk into an office for a meeting and the person sits behind their desk, it's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. I'm important, I'm behind my desk, I'm the authority. Mm-hmm. Right, that person walks around, sits in the chair next to you, changes the dynamic, changes the conversation. That person is probably very aware, very intentional about saying, "Hey, let's let's just be us." Right? Yeah. There's no there's no desk between us. There's no block. And this is important for our kids. Like we got to figure a way with the time to re-engage. Uh, and I, for adults, like I know for, for me, sometimes it's hard. It's hard just yeah. to let go, to, to re-engage, uh, to talk about some current funny news or Twitter or TikTok or all, all these things that, you know, whatever is funny or good to them and just, <laughs> just let go of the stress of it all. Right. So, mm-hmm. but intentionality of time, like that's the first thing that we need to grab. Yeah. Hold of. Yeah. And I, you know, John back to Aquinas, he's kind of the virtue guy, but like he would say that prudence has two aspects mainly. One is that you know what should be done and then two, it's the tendency to actually do, do it. it. It's the follow through, right? right? So like I know something should be done and I have a tendency to actually do it. And with parenting and in time, I think the first step is to think, well, what what should our week look like? Right. That's not an automatic. Like we don't automatically know that. It takes conversation with our spouse, with our kids. Like what do you need? Like what would you like from dad and mom? Like what kind of time would you like to spend? Right. If you don't go through a process of kind of searching intellectually what it should look like, then you can't get to the next step of actually following through and, and sticking to it because there's not a there's not a good plan in place. Exactly. Yeah. So to be intentional about time is like if you want to know where your time goes, do an exercise, okay? Um, get your calendar out. And your calendar will tell you where you spend your most time, mm-hmm. right? So if you work from 8 to 5, block that out, okay? And then do that every day. Like block out all your time. And then the time that maybe you go to the gym or you work. And then look at your calendar and see where your time is going. And then put in where you spend time with your family, 
your wife and your kids, and you're going to be surprised on how little it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you want time back, you've got to make some changes because time doesn't grow. There's not more than 24 hours in a day. It's not something that expands. You can't put it in a, in an investment account and it, and it grows in interest, right? So time literally is what it is and you can only grab what, what's there. And to get more of it is you have to take it from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's where you get intentional. So if you're like, Hey, I want to have dinner as a family or I want to have breakfast as a family. You got to be intentional about making time for that. Hey, I want to go on a date with my wife and I want to, um, you know, do this or that with my kids. You have to be intentional about the time and you have to carve it out. And I think what happens oftentimes is life dictates our time instead of us dictating it. Mm -hmm. um, and being intentional about it, right? So it's knowing, and then like you said, it's the second step of actually doing, right? Yeah. Well, and a, a lot of times, pun intended, um, something only needs to be done once a week. And that's better than not at all. Right. So for example, if it's if it's a date night with my wife or playing with my kids in a major way, I might only have time to do that once a week. Right. But I can make that once a week very meaningful. It can be valuable. It could be very valuable. And that's better than not doing it at all. Right. So just because I can only do it once a week doesn't mean I shouldn't do it or it, it couldn't make a huge difference. Right. When we had little kids, we'd always, you know, anywhere we would go, grocery store, run an errand, we would have a kind of this rule of take one. Take one kid. Mm -hmm. And just take one. Spend that time. Even if it's at the grocery store or running some errands or then you have a, like a little mini date in there with one of your kids. Like just be a, a kind of little ways that you can be intentional. And, you know, every family's different, maybe be specific. And here's the other two things that I want to get at when you're intentional with that time. Here, here's, I think, two main things that you want to encourage uh, in your kids so that when they're older, these are the two things that they know more than anything else. Oh, sounds important. It is, I guess. <laughs> At least I think it is because there's a lot of things that we can focus on during that time, mm -hmm. right? We can fo focus on just fun and nothingness. Uh, we can focus on our kids being popular, uh, our kids being well-known. We can focus on our kids being uh, super smart, um, very talented. We can focus on our kids being the best at their activity. We can focus on them traveling, playing sports, or cheer or music, we can focus on all those things. None of those things uh, are bad. Okay. But what I'm going to say is with time, what is the most important thing? Okay. Well, I think there are two. Like if your kids can know these two things, here's what they are. <laughs> the pause. I got my pen ready. Come uh, on. The first one is this, that uh, we, all of us, but as our, our kids grow up is they know their identity. Mm -hmm. Like they know who they are. Okay. Uh, and they're not defined by their success nor their failures, but they're defined by who God created them to be. Okay. We live in a world right now, honestly, where people are so defined by what they do. They're defined by, hey, I play a sport, or I travel this, or I'm good at music, or I was on Dancing with the Stars, or America's Got Talent, or American Idol. See what kids are thinking. Mm -hmm. um, or I'm an Instagram star, I'm a Twitter star, I, like I put this TikTok video out there. 
like we're so defined by what we do. Hey, I'm on this football team, this baseball team. I'm on, you know, I'm really good at the trumpet. Like, honestly, like, and those are good things. Like, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, but it's not who you are. It's not your identity. Um, and the conversation with that time, I think like there's little nuggets of reminding our kids of who they really are. Because if you're really engaged with the kids, here's what they're going to experience when they go through life. They're going to experience failure, mm -hmm. right? They're not going to get picked from the team or their recital is going to go bad or, you know, they're not going to get in a certain friend group or, you know, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And if those are the moments right there, those are the best teaching moments to remind and to encourage your kids to understand who they are is actually in those tough moments. I love that. Yeah. You have to put the big parent pants on um, and spend that time wisely and not waste them. You're right. Cause, and I mean, there's a wise priest who always says the only way to be more humble is to be humiliated and deal with it. Well, yeah, like, that's kind of the only way it works. And for our kids, there's going to be times that are super valuable because of what could come out of it. Right. When they fail is one of those times. Right. For sure. And they're going to fail. You're right. But like if that's, that's a very clutch moment for a parent because if the child learns to fail well and knows who they are, then they literally can be happy the rest of their life. Right. Because <laughs> success or failures aren't going to define them. They're going to be steady in who they are, who God created, and they're going to know that. But here's the thing that, um, that worries me or that I see often is that parents are afraid to let their care, uh, kids fail. Mm -hmm. they, they protect them so much from failure because, because it hurts too much for the parent to see their kids fail. Yeah. Right? Like, it, like if your kid's ever failed at anything or if you've ever failed, it hurts really bad, right? And so we don't want to hurt. We want to protect them from the hurt. And so we, we only uh, put them into things that they could be good at or successful at. And, and yet when they fail, we don't know what to do. We pay more money for them to travel more or do whatever the case may be. I don't really know. But the thing is, is that we learn more from failure than we do from any successes. And here's the thing. If kids don't know, learn how to fail in the home while you're there to teach them what's going to happen when they're out of the home. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. So they get out of the home, they fail, they don't know who they are. Guess what they do? All kind of bad things. All kind of things <laughs> because they don't know their identity. They experience mm -hmm. maybe failure for the first time when they didn't, you know, get the grade they wanted in college or, you know, they didn't get the job they wanted yeah. or they, you know, they broke up with their girlfriend or boy. You, and then, they don't, they don't know where to fall back on who they are. So the time for them to learn how to fail and who they are is in the safety of the home. Right. Right. And that's the beauty of it is that the, that's the place where we teach. Um, and we learn even us of what our true identity is. But I think going back to your point of intentionality, it takes us planning for those moments of what we're going to do. Like you said, like, we are going to speak to our kids' identity when they fail. That's our plan. Because in the moment, we're just like them. We're caught up in the moment. Like, we're hurt with them. We're upset with them. We're, you know, like, we're experiencing the same thing they're experiencing because we love them and we're their parent. But if we have already decided and been intentional that when we get to these moments, this is what we're going to do, 
then that kicks in. It's like training ourselves for those moments. Yeah, we talked about empathy a little bit in the last show. Is we teach our kids empathy. You know what? I've I failed too. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what I know what it feels like to be disappointed and fail. And I'm just going to be here with you in that, right? Yeah. But here's what I know about my failure: is that I'm not defined by it. Like God created me. I'm God's son and daughter. That's who you are too. You know. Though, that's the beauty because here's the deal at the end of the day all nothing we accomplish in life is going with us that's right like nothing not a thing not a thing right so this is i think the first important lesson in the intentionality is uh teaching uh our kids their identity all right here's the second thing and i think uh is is important uh out of their identity is helping uh, our children identify their gifts like their specific gifts uh, that they bring to the world right mm. because God created us not to have gifts for ourselves, but God created us to have gifts to share to make the world better okay um, you have gifts I have gifts we have different gifts um, you're unique I'm unique we're both unique right uh, for me to be like you is almost telling God like he didn't create me good mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we have in our world is a world of imitation, right? We look at people, we see famous people, we see other people's gifts and say, well, I'll just be like them. I'm going to try to be like them. And what ends up happening is we we forget about who we are and we get away from who we are. Uh, and we want other people's gifts and things. Kids are growing up in this, in this world where they're constantly bombarded by this. Here's what's really hard for parents is if you, if you help your kids identify, understand, and are encouraged in their giftedness and in their gifts, here's what also you have to do. Help them understand what their gifts are not. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. You and I know this. We're adults. I'm not good at everything. I'm not gifted at everything. Neither are you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a tough lesson. Uh, but it's beautiful because it frees us up. But here's a lot of times as parents is that we don't, we don't want to tell our kids they're not good at something because we want them to be good at everything. And our kids are unique. God's given them specific gifts. We want to encourage them to grow and thrive and understand those gifts so that they can be fully who they are. Yeah. Well, even, even the Lord, I mean, who's more talented than Jesus, right? No one. No one, but a lot of his life was spent reaffirming who he's not. In other words, like when the devil tempted him in the desert, you know? Yep. If you are, the the idea of like doubting who we are, the answer to that is to reclaim who we're not. Like we're not someone who worships the devil. We're not, um, I've come for this mission for, to die on a cross, like not to be a bread king, not to be a, like I am the suffering servant prophesied in Isaiah. Right. This is who I am, and it says who I'm not right. as much as it says who I am. But most of, most of protecting that identity is learning and reaffirming who I am not right. as much as it is affirming who I am. Yeah, it's okay for your kids to go try out for something and they don't make it, to be like, you know what, maybe that's not your gift. Mm-hmm. But this is, this doesn't define you. But you do have other gifts that you bring to the world. And I am here to help you discover those because they're beautiful. 
-hmm. when we learn who we're not and what we can't do, it's really freeing because it begins to focus us on what we can do, Mm -hmm. what our gifts are, what we do bring to the world, right? And that's immensely important because here's the thing. If your kids don't learn that in the home, when they get older, they're not going to know what they are. And then someone else is going to try to affirm them in their in their lack of giftedness. Mm-hmm. And they might identify with something that's completely not them. Right. Right? And spin their wheels their whole life trying to be someone that they're not. Mm-hmm. Right? And so sort of the beauty of the home is being intentional about helping your kids dis- discover their own unique giftedness. And the beauty that is to set them free to be fully who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and But part of that is helping them understand what their gifts aren't, or maybe they're not like that person. Um, and that's okay. Like, th- there's beauty in that. We all deal with that. I think, you know, in our marriages, we're constantly should be helping each other to not compare ourselves to other marriages or other mm-hmm. people, but to be who we are, to bring our gift to the world, to bring our unique gift as man and woman and spouse individually. What I say people's God has a vision for your marriage uh, that he has for all of our marriages to be happy to be holy to be unified uh, to glorify him to the world but we're still all very unique in our marriages and all of our marriages are very unique in its expression of God's gift to the world right because we're uniquely human we're uniquely man and woman and we uniquely bring that specific marriage to the world and so my marriage doesn't look like your marriage both of our marriages, are called to be holy and are called to uh, to image God's love to the world, but we're going to do that uniquely in different ways. Yeah. Well, I think part of being intentional, again, the idea is like, what is God calling me to do? Who am I? These are all parts of prudence and intentionality because how am I supposed to know what to do if I don't know what I'm being asked to do, or if I don't know who I am, who is to do it. You know, it's like knowing ourselves, knowing our gifts and talents, and being intentional about teaching that to our children allows them to be intentional the rest of their lives. Right. Because if we don't if we don't have an awareness of our gifts and our strengths and our weaknesses and our shortcomings, we will not be able to control our life. And by I don't mean control, we're not able to order our life. Let me say that. None of us can control our life, right? Right. But all of us can order our life. Because God has given us the dignity of, like you said, like being a co-creator, being a co-ruler uh, of our life, really. We're priest, prophet, and king. And as Christians, like it's part of our role to order the universe toward heaven. That's mm-hmm. part of our role. But we don't control anything because God is in control, but we order lots of things. How, are, how is our get, kid going to know how they can order the world and their life if they don't know who they are, their gifts and talents, and who they're not? It's a... It's not just a cool idea. It's an essential aspect of who they are. So I agree with your list, sir, of those two things, identity and gifts and talents. I love it. All right, Paul and I, we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. 
That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam here. I, I think at the end of that segment, I said, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Right. You got really excited. We'll be right back. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Almost. This is what's fun about radio. You never know what's going to happen next. Yeah. It's one of those moments you're just like, I almost got it. <laughs> almost. So anyway, uh, so to recap, we're talking about intentionality. Recap. With our intentionality, intentionality about time, identity, and gifts. Right? Was that yes. a good recap? Did I remember everything? Yeah. And like parenting, which is exciting for me because, I mean, most of us listening are speaking our parents. Right. Right. Even if our kids are all grown up, we're still parenting, and we can still be intentional. Yes, we about can. building relationships with our kids, um, and our grandkids. You know, statistics or studies show that older parents worry just as much and care just as much about their adult kids as they did when their kids were younger. So, we know that the desire is still there, and so we can still be intentional um, about the way we do things. And of course, we're talking about some parenting, but we're talking about intentionality with our life too like what mm-hmm. other ways um maybe we can be more intentional about our work our schedule our finances our calendar so that it because if we're not intentional about those areas it affects the areas that are most important to us right yeah so that, which is our vocation uh primary vocation at home um and so well, when we bring yeah. order to those things it helps to bring order to, to the other things. Well, this reminds me of a recent gospel on Sunday when our Lord says, like, what what person would set out to defend themselves against, you know, 10,000 troops or 20,000 troops, but they only have 10,000? Or to build a tower and you don't have enough material to finish. People will look at you and laugh at you and say, look at this one who began what he could not finish, right? It's It's our Lord's intention that in following him, part of that following is that we look ahead in life, you know, to what the Lord might ask of us. And not that we know everything or have the answers, but that we order our life in such a way that if the Lord needs anything, we can say yes. And this is part of it. If we're going to have a family or a life or ourselves that can say yes to Jesus when he asks us for something, we have to be intentional about ordering our life every day so that we're ready. And he says this, right? The wise and foolish virgins, another parable. But like, if we're not wise, or another word for wisdom, prudence, or intentional, if we're not intentional about our life, the bridegroom's going to come and ask us of something, we're not even going to be there. We're going to be nowhere around to say yes to Jesus. So this intentionality, this prudence, is foundational for discipleship because the Lord is going to ask us of something a year from now, five years from now. You know, one of us is going to get sick or... Uh, we're going to go on mission, or the Lord's going to call us. Like something is going to happen where we need to say yes to Jesus in a major way as a family or as a couple or in our life. And if we haven't ordered our life this whole time as a disciple, we're not going to be ready to say yes. We're going to miss it. Amen. All right. Let's do six pack of intentionality. <laughs> Questions. So bad. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. I loved it. It's so bad. Dude, you are making radio magic. Today. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's <laughs> Six-pack of intentionality. Um, so I want to first talk about like the planning part of this, being intentional, making a plan. Uh, where do you start 
to examine your life in a way of like, okay, I'm going to get things ordered well and planned well. Um, we talked about time a good bit. So that's the biggest resource, right? But like, how, how do you actually like do it? How do you go about planning your life intentionally? Well, that, I mean, you be intentional about planning. You know, for us, like with all the logistics, we, you know, we actually have a, a calendar planning meeting once a week just for our whole life. So if we want to have meals and we want to eat, but we actually want to have meals together, here's our calendar, here's who's shopping, here's what we're getting, here's what the meal, here, here's where everybody's going. And so we're not we're not going to midweek be like, what, what's going on? <laughs> so we've had to step back and be intentional about, you know, the practical things, being on the same page, and then looking at our week and then calendaring in important things that we want to see happen that uh, we got to be intentional about. Like we want to have dinner together these nights and we want to do this and hey on, on that or we want a date night here or whatever the case may be. So on a weekly level and then we kind of zoom out and do it on a monthly level and then on a yearly level, you know, I kind of do that with, with work or with goals and objectives. So just taking some time to plan brings order and vision so that you're not allowing, you know, life to dictate your calendar, but you're helping to navigate that. So just be practical about it. I love it. Question number two, the deuce. Let's say I struggle with doing what I know I should be doing. So like I have a good plan in place, but I don't follow it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what's some good tips on kind of like developing that tendency to actually follow through with your intention. Yeah. I don't, you know, every, your, everybody's personality comes into play. You know, some people are better planners and organizers and more practical, you know, maybe in a marriage one, you know, one person's uh, better at it than the other. So you kind of lean on each other. Um, so I, I know where I have gaps, my, you know, my, my wife helps to fill that and, and vice versa. You've probably found that in your own marriage. Um, so help each other, you know, instead of saying, well, you were supposed to do this. So I, I would just say like where you have gaps and being intentional, uh, find good people to help fill the holes for you. Right. So your spouse at home at work, maybe there's someone who's better at you at certain things or whatever, lean on them. Like I always say like sh- help share responsibility because if you invite other people into helping you with your life, they'll invite you in and it, it, we're all a community journey together. So don't feel like you have to do it all on your own. Right on. All right, question number three. How do I discover what... I was about to say how to discover the art of living. Well, well. but no, but okay, so there are things I'm not aware of. Like, let's say parenting. There are a lot of things I don't know about parenting, right? Me too. Uh, being married, um, having a job even, like being a, being a coworker. There's all kind of dynamics that like people have studied that I'm not even aware so sometimes it seems overwhelming that there's so much that I don't know about how to do X, Y, Z. But there's a good thing about learning more about something, right? Like learning how to be a better husband, better father, whatever. So how would you suggest I kind of navigate the waters of the unknown um, and being intentional, like to learn from others' wisdom regularly, you know, uh, in, in whatever area that I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, learn, ask, read, you know, if you want your marriage to get better. Um Go to a marriage retreat or a marriage conference or pray together, read, read something together. If you want to learn more about parenting, you know, be intentional about learning and just start implementing like one little thing at a time. Like, don't be like, 
complete overhaul. Hey, dad's different, <laughs> you know, and then your kids are like, we don't recognize you, you know, like, like you got to start just small victories, small things and build upon that. You know, you can't just, you know, overhaul everything overnight. But I would say for me, I've always been at my best when I've learned from other people and I've always been at my worst, quote unquote, when I've just tried to learn or do it on my own because other people have wisdom. Other people have been through it. You know, other people are writing about it, have books about it, or I can call and talk to you about it. And I can learn so much more from that than just trying a whole bunch of things and failing at them. Yeah. All right. Well, question four, I want to. So part of wisdom yeah. is learning from other people's failures instead of yeah. your own. We're going to fail already, right? We are going to fail. So. So question number four, digging into that one step at a time thing. Um, can you elaborate on the difference between, like, if I am trying to overhaul a lot or change a lot and fail at it, like, the difference between that and doing the one step at a time, say, like, six months out, one year out? Because um, I think a lot of times we we hear that, like, one step at a time, that makes sense, whatever. But can you tell us about the value of that versus just trying to do everything at once? Yeah, I mean, the the value is this, is if you never have dinner as a family, and it's like, one of the things that you like, we need to start having dinner as a family. And then all of a sudden you're like seven nights a week. <laughs> like your kids are going to be like, what's going on? This is like <laughs> alien house. But if you just start with one, like, and then just start implementing it, like this is normal. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Um, you know, like, so, so with anything, like it's just one step at a time in the night, it's going to be like a shock to the system and your kids are kind of rebel against it. You know, like, why'd you pick me up from school to take me on a date? You are never home, <laughs> right? Start by being home. Start by, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. just start and then, like, it'll build in uh, just a routine and and build in just a natural, organic way of living, right? Um, and so just, I think, slow change is good. I love that. All right, question number five. So the the close friend circle we have as far as intentionality seems like this is very important because what I know a good father to be or what I know a good wife to be, like who, who I'm trying to become or the thing I'm trying to order in my life has a lot to do with the people in my life, right, especially that close circle of friends. So what is a healthy dynamic between me and my friends like discussing all these things? Um, for example, if it's issues in my marriage or things I want to see for my marriage, I could be like complaining a lot or it could be whatever, but there's a, there's a healthy way to actually discuss and plan and be intentional with other people who are not in my life. Right. Right. Like, what does that look like? Well, you know, it could be a, you know, this, Hey, we're all in the same season. We all have these same struggles and we all suck at it. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah, and, important. and we're all empathizing together. But none of us are getting better at it. None of us have any ideas on how to get through it or go through it. Hey, why don't one of us go talk to someone who has and bring back those ideas? Be like, hey, I was talking to so I was reading about, and this is what they suggest, you know, yada, yada. So let's move forward with something. Let's learn so we don't just sit around the campfire complaining all together and never doing anything about it. That's, I think, the important intentionality is like, okay, what's the step forward, you know? Um, this is hard. Yes, we empathize, but what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right, question number six. So kind of implicit following with that, kind of implicit in this idea of being intentional is that there's a hope that things will actually turn out well, right? Because why even bother if it's not going to work anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so kind of speak to this to this hope we have or should have or because a lot of us struggle with hope. Like we think, yeah, I'll do all that effort and work you're talking about. I'll make the plans and it still won't work. I still won't get it done. Like things are not going to work out anyway. Yeah, I, you know, here's the thing. Um, we never see change in our life overnight or change in our kids overnight or our spouse overnight. You know, and you've heard it said that, uh, you know, with kids, you know, like I think, you know, one uh, poet or author said that, uh, you know, my dad knew nothing, you know, when I was 13 and, you know, seven years later he learned everything, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. this, this idea that when the kid gets older, all of a sudden you see the fruits or the results, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're, they're, they're a good person, right? I didn't see that when they were a teenager. We just fought, you know, or it was hard. So a lot of times, like the little investments we're making of time, of energy, of teaching, we don't see. The little investments that we're making in our spouse, we don't see the fruit of that overnight. But over time, it'll show. So we can't give up. Like, we just have to believe that, you know, like if I work out today, it's going to help me a little, but I'm not going to see the results. But I'll start seeing the results maybe six months, maybe a year if I stay consistent, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we live in a world where we want immediate results. And the reality is, there is really no such thing. So, anyway. All right. Great questions. Thank you, guys. Awesome show. Thanks for listening. Share it. Believe in it. Support it. We love you. And we'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.